0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm Nancy.
1: And I'm Pete. Well, as Nancy and I take a little time off to complete our move cross-country, we have an encore of show number 1644,
0: for which we just won an award from the IAAIS. This episode on currency identification won the 2016 International Association of Audio Information Services Program Award in the interview-slash-call-in category. And in this episode... We spoke with Leonard Aliar, Director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, about current features that make U.S. currency easier for the visually impaired to identify it, as well as plans they have to make it easier still. We'll also discuss their smartphone app and free hardware device that can identify U.S. currency for you. But first for the tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Leonard Aliar.
2: In talking what our primary security feature is, it's the unique touch and feel of currency. If a note doesn't feel right, don't take it. Send it back. That is the first line of defense for us in fighting counterfeiting. Use the nation's uh, currency's tactility to ensure that what they're getting is authentic United States currency.
0: And I think this is a great piece of advice for an audience that's mostly visually impaired. Who is more sensitive to how things feel than the visually impaired? We sighted people tend to get overwhelmed by our visual input, but if you're paying attention to how something feels, then you can actually make decisions based on that. Let's start by meeting Len Oliar and learning about what the Bureau of Engraving and Printing does.
2: Hi, I'm Len Oliar. I'm the director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what the Bureau
1: of Engraving and Printing does and what its mission is?
2: The Bureau of Engraving and Printing prints the United States currency. We design, develop the security features, and print our currency. Uh, On an average year, we print uh, about seven and a half billion notes at our two facilities. Uh, We've got a printing facility in Fort Worth, Texas, and one in Washington, D.C.,
0: As an interesting coincidence, many of our listeners know Pete and I retired from corporate research at Xerox, and one time when Xerox introduced a new copier, I got the honor of working with some people from the government to help do tests on various new patterns that you were considering for your currency that would make it harder to copy and therefore harder to counterfeit.
2: Yes, counterfeiting is a significant threat to the United States currency, and that is the primary reason that we uh, do redesign our currency. Uh, With the availability of much higher quality printers, whether they be inkjet, laser printers, and color copiers, uh, we've really taken an aggressive approach to finding security features that uh, make their life much more difficult. We work with a number of companies, and we actually work with the... uh, companies that manufacture the printers to embed software in there that recognizes when somebody is trying to print a United States currency note. And they will get a message from their printer that tells them to contact the United States Secret Service. And they are the law enforcement organization responsible for helping us to fight counterfeiting.
1: So you talked about printing bills. And just to be clear for our listeners, this is just bills that you're printing. There's another part of the government that's responsible for coins and hard currency, right?
2: That's correct. We like to call it our sister agency, the United States Mint. Mint's Coins. We print bills, so we're responsible for all of the paper currency. And we also do some other government documents that uh, have a high level of security on them, For example, we do Purple Heart certificates for people who are injured in the military. We do immigration and naturalization certificates, things that the government would prefer not to get in other folks' hands and they don't want to use a commercial printer to do, something that needs embedded security features to keep it safe and secure.
0: You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 This week's focus topic is what the United States Bureau of Engraving and Printing has done and continues to do to make our currency easier for the visually impaired to identify it.
1: So, today we want to talk about some of the new accessibility features that might be coming in the future for bills so that visually impaired people in the U.S. can distinguish their various bills. But there are some features in there now that do help people. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: those? The primary feature that is in the currency now to uh, assist visually impaired to denominate currency is that we have on the reverse of the notes a very large, high contrast numeral. We did a study to determine how we were going to achieve improved accessibility for United States currency for the blind and visually impaired. And uh, one of the uh, recommendations that the Secretary of the Treasury has approved is for us to continue that large, high-contrast numeral on all of the denominations. From a design perspective, that's the primary feature that exists today. In addition to promote accessibility, we do have a currency reader program that we put in place with our partner at the National Library Service.
0: Can you describe the currency reader program?
2: Through this program, blind and visually impaired individuals can get a currency reader available, no cost to them. All they have to do is fill out a form and have a a medical authority or an official certify that they do have a visual impairment, and we'll send this currency reader out to them. And the currency reader works with every denomination that is in circulation today, and it will denominate the note three ways for them. First, it will give a vibration if they want it to be very private, telling them which denomination it is. Second, it will give a buzzer or a tone that will be a number of beeps to denote the denomination. And the third is it will give you a voice response, and it will tell you what the denomination is and uh, thus far, the reader program has been uh, very successful. Uh, we've distributed 44,000 readers through the uh, National Library Service, as I mentioned.
1: Can you describe what this reader physically looks like and how it works?
2: The reader is its actually a fairly small device. It's probably about two inches by three inches. And all you need to do is slide a corner of the note into the reader you push a button and it will tell you in any of the three methods what the nomination it is. And it really doesn't matter whether you have the note oriented forward, backward, upside down, right side up. When you look at the design of United States currency, you'll notice that the corner of every note has a number in it. And it is looking at that number and uh, denominating the currency using the numbers that are there.
1: So it sounds like it's pretty small and you can carry it around and readily use it and uh, use it quite simply.
2: Yeah, it it fits easily in your pocket or a purse. It's it's not going to take up a lot of space.
1: I take it it is set to be sensitive to counterfeit
2: bills. No, it is not designed to authenticate currency. It is designed solely to denominate currency. So if you get a counterfeit bill, it would most likely accept it. As most people in the United States readily accept counterfeit bills because they don't look as closely at them as they should in the first place, but I will note that the number of counterfeit bills in circulation are less than one one one-hundredth of one percent. So most people in their lifetime will never get one.
0: How would somebody obtain a currency reader?
2: We make it relatively easy to get a reader. Uh, I'd encourage folks to call our 800 number, 844 815 9388, and they could request the forms, or they could go onto our website, bep.gov, and uh, download a form that would have to be mailed to us again with this certification of their uh, impairment, and we would send them a reader.
0: I assume that the requirements to be eligible for obtaining one of your currency readers are the same as the requirements to be eligible to participate in the National Library Service Program?
2: i say they're parallel, yes. And for people that are already participating in the National Library Service Program, all they need to do is tell us that. And they don't need to provide any certification because we're partnered with National Library Service, so they already have their information on file. So there's no need to duplicate that.
0: Oh, so that makes it even easier.
2: For those that are registered with them, yes.
1: So I understand that people can also obtain a free app for their smartphone to identify money. Can you talk a bit about that, please?
2: When smartphones came out, we developed an app that folks can download for free from the Apple iStore. And you can use your iPhone or iPad to denominate United States currency It will take an image of it and tell you the denomination. And we partnered with Department of Energy to have an Android app as well.
0: So there are a lot of commercial currency identifying apps out there. How would you distinguish yours from those?
2: Ours is free. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well that's always nice
2: <laughs> and we, we continue to make ours as easy to use as possible and if folks out there who have the app have feedback for us how we can uh, make it even better please let us know we're constantly seeking uh, feedback to make it as robust as possible we've made it a little more flexible from a image perspective you used to have to take a picture now you can be moving over it it's 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 video activated Our desire is to make this function as efficiently and effectively as possible.
0: And what is the name of this app?
2: iNote, E-Y-E-N-O-T-E.
0: And for the Android, it's the ideal currency identifier. So
1: what other new features will we be seeing in the next generation of bills that are coming out of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing?
2: You'll see some new security features, of course, but from an accessibility perspective, the next note family is going to be the first in the United States to have a tactile feature included on the note. In our study a number of years ago, we looked at the possibility of changing note size and the impact of that to commerce throughout the country was major and the uh, recommendation that the secretary approved was for us to add a tactile feature that would enable the uh, blind and visually impaired to a better denominate currency. The next three notes up for the redesign are the 10, the 5, and the 20, and we will continue after that to the 50 and 100 as well, and they will include a tactile feature for the blind and visually impaired. However, It's going to take us a while to go through the full suite of redesign, and notes in circulation aren't going to be taken out of circulation as we're introducing new designs. So you're going to have co-circulating notes for a significant period of time. The most recent Canadian
0: currency is made out of a plasticky material, and it's got raised dots on it. But American currency is a paper that's made largely out of cloth, can that sustain a raised tactile feature, or are you changing the material?
2: Nancy, you impressed me. You're the first person who is aware that our, our, our paper isn't paper. It's a cloth. It's a unique blend of uh, cotton and linen, 70% cotton, 30% linen, and the polymer substrate that Canada uses does not last as long in circulation as our currency, we call it paper, does. The plastic substrate that they use has a more limited range of security features that are available to keep it uh, safe and secure. And our currency is the world's currency. It circulates around the world. So we face counterfeit threats around the world and we need to make sure that we're getting the most sophisticated, advanced counterfeit deterrent features available. We've looked at the polymer note, and I will go to one of the significant counterfeiting threats that we had a number of years ago, and people may have heard about the the North Korea counterfeit $100 note, the so-called super note. And the way that note was detected was an experienced money handler in the Philippines said it didn't feel right. The polymer note, it's very easy to simulate the fill of polymer. It's slippery. Our notes on paper are printed in an Italio process with 20,000 pounds of pressure per square inch, and it gives our currency a unique feel, which is a very important security feature, we feel, and helps keep our currency safe and secure. So we, we don't have plans at this point in time to adopt a polymer note.
0: So all of that obviously is really important, and you don't want to compromise the security of all the money just to make it easier for some people to tell which bill is which. But can our current bills sustain a tactile feature? I mean, I've put many U.S. bills through the wash with no harm done to them, but I have friends who've accidentally done that with euros and discovered that they don't hold up as well.
2: Well, that's what we've been working on for the past uh, five years is to come up with as robust a tactile feature as we can on a note, one that will last as long as possible. And we've been doing a lot of focus groups and printing test coupons and getting input from blind and visually impaired folks on how to best denominate the currency using a, a tactile feature on our substrate. We feel that we've got two options that are very robust and will enable folks to do that. But as I noted earlier, we're going to have a lot of co-circulation of notes. So we're encouraging everybody who's got a visual impairment or blind to get the currency reader and use that because by law, we are not going to be able to redesign the $1 note. So you're always going to have notes co-circulating with tactile feature and no tactile feature.
1: What is the motivation of the law saying that you can change all of the other bills, the 5, 10, 20, but not the one?
2: That's been in place for a number of years. Changing the ones would require a change to every vending machine that is out there. And that would be a very significant cost to the private sector for that kind of an upgrade. I will add that when you look at the counterfeiting statistics that are out there, people are going to counterfeit currency. They don't counterfeit the $1 note. So it has a very low level of counterfeiting. And the primary reason that we do the redesign and what is driving the upcoming one is to keep our nation's currency safe and secure The reason the $10 note is up first for the redesign is that's the one that has become the note of opportunity for counterfeiters. People don't scrutinize it as closely in transactions.
1: Can you describe how this new tactile feature will work? I assume it's not Braille because not every blind person knows Braille.
2: It is not Braille. The shape of the tactile feature and the pattern has been determined, it's going to be a rectangle. On the note. Exactly where it's going to be placed on the note uh, is to be determined, but it will be up to four rectangles. For example, a pattern of uh, just one rectangle would indicate one denomination, two rectangles, another denomination, three rectangles, all uniformly spaced, and then all four rectangles uniformly spaced. Then you have two rectangles on either end and a large gap in the middle. The uh, shape and the uh, spacing was determined through testing with focus groups on what would enable folks to best denominate. We looked at using things like stars and squares and just trying to find the most accurate tactile feature that we could.
1: You know, I think it's interesting. You talked about redesigning these bills and taking 5 years to go through focus groups and redesigns and it occurs to me I guess I should know this that you must have many constraints in designing new bills first of all it does take time to do a new design but there are a lot of constraints you talk about you know cash registers vending machines and you know other recognition systems so it must take quite a while to go through this process
2: It takes a long time, and we work very closely. We've learned over time that we really need to bring in the vending community and people who manufacture the machines that process and accept currency. We work very collaboratively with these folks, and we give them advance notice of redesigns so that they can make sure that the new designs that come out in circulation are going to work in commerce. That's why we produce currency is to facilitate commerce But what really drives the timeline for redesign is security features. The United States currency, as I said, is the world's currency. So we're looking for very robust, exclusive security features to include on our notes.
1: And what are some of the security features included in today's currency?
2: There are three levels of security features in all of our currency. There's a security feature that we ask the public to use on the uh, Redesign 100. There is a, a bell in the inkwell and a 3D blue security ribbon included on the note. There are features there that you don't see, but we share with the equipment manufacturers in the private sector, the vending machine makers, the people who make the machines in your grocery store, And we put features in there for them to use to authenticate the currency. And they use those features plus others. Each one company develops their own unique algorithm for denominating. And there are features in the currency that is only used and shared with our central bank, the Federal Reserve. And when large banks make deposits of currency at the Federal Reserve, it is run through their machines. And their machines authenticate the currency to make sure that it's not counterfeit, And they also look at the fitness of the currency and notes that are unfit or soiled, torn, damaged, get destroyed. And the fit notes or the good notes go back into circulation. And all the suspect counterfeit notes go over to the Secret Service so that they can uh, use it in their investigations.
0: I'd just like to have you talk to our listeners a little bit that there's a public tour that the Bureau of Engraving and Printing runs And that's really interesting for anybody who wants to go on that. And the last time we went on that, we were able to take advantage of a program that you guys have that if you have a permanent disability, that you can get a ticket without having to wait on the terribly long line. Do you still have that program
2: Absolutely. We want to accommodate all citizens, either in Washington, D.C. or Fort Worth. We can accommodate folks with disabilities who'd like to come in. Our tour is very popular, especially over the summer, and that is the only time that you're required to have tickets. Basically, from April through August, tickets are required, but they're not required for those with any type of handicap or visual impairment, and we would love to accommodate them. Uh, Our desire would be, uh, if they're coming in for the tour, that they call, uh, we have a toll-free number, and it's 1-866-874-2330. And if it is during the ticketing season in the summer, we will give them front of the line passes, and. It is, as you probably noted when you did your tour, an incredibly complex process, and a lot goes into the manufacture of the nation's currency. We're happy to show folks what we do. Uh, we do get about 300000 a year coming through in uh, Washington, D.C. So uh, please, if uh, you're in town or planning to come to town, give us a call and we'll make arrangements to uh, accommodate you to uh, get a better understanding of what goes into making, well, the nation's currency, but really the world's currency.
1: And it is a fascinating tour.
2: Thank you. There are actually over 38 billion currency notes in circulation today, $1.4 trillion worth. And there's a lot of perception out there that currency is going away or demand is going down. And over the past five years, demand has gone up by an average of over 5% per year for notes in circulation. Currency is a very viable, relevant product in commerce today. Uh, There's a lot of other payment mechanisms that continue to come out. You know, Apple Pay, Bitcoin and credit cards, debit cards. But through it all, demand for our currency continues to go up, which is a great business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now for this week's final item, how to get more information about the United States Bureau of Engraving and Printing's efforts to make currency more identifiable, as well as how to get their currency identifying device and or app.
1: So anyway, we talked about a lot of resources during the show, and I wonder if we can just review some of that for our listeners who may not have caught it. So if people want more information about the services of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing and to obtain one of your money readers, where would you send them?
2: I'd say the easiest way is to uh, call the hotline. Uh, the, the reader hotline is 844 815 in addition if they'd like to download the form versus having one mailed to them, they can go to bep.gov our website and download the form there and it will have instructions for mailing it in to us and we will then mail out a reader to them for information on the tour or to make a reservation or request an accommodation, call 866 866- eight seven four two three three zero and for a app you can go to either the Google or Apple store and download a free currency denominating app that will work with all denominations in circulation for US currency.
1: And people should look for the iNote app in that case.
2: Look for the iNote app or the ideal currency reader from Android.
1: Well, it sounds like you thoroughly enjoy your job and have some great plans for making some of these bills accessible in the future. And I thank you for having the opportunity to talk with you.
2: Thank you, Pete and Nancy. I really consider it an honor and privilege to be uh, here in charge of uh, manufacturing uh, the, the nation's currency. And, you know, being here now when we're in the midst of this redesign that one is going to provide meaningful access for the blind and visually impaired... And two, we're going to recognize the diversity of this country better. We're going to be adding women to the nation's currency for the first time in uh, more than 120 years.
1: And if you missed any of those phone numbers or web addresses, just go to our show notes for this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net, and they'll all be
0: there. That's it for show number 1728. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be doing another Encore presentation because we're still really busy with the move. And we selected episode 1242 because it won the International Association of Audio Information Services 2012 award in the Consumer Information Division. And that episode is about downloading and reading books on a smartphone. We will discuss and demonstrate how you can directly download books onto a smartphone and read them using a variety of apps, which include Read2Go from Bookshare, OverDrive from Public Libraries, and an app from Learning Ally. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs. Find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts and much more at www.EyesOnSuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and on Audioboom.com at Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes Success. We hope you'll join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.